Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Happy Budget Day, everybody. Happy Budget Day. You know, it was kind of predictable that it looks like a giveaway. Now, it's kind of suspicious, isn't it? What does my mother used to say? If it looks like a duck and smells like a duck, it's not a duck. No, it is a duck. It's before an election. You know, this always happens. But you got to read between the lines and all this stuff. It's not going to make a huge amount of difference to most people's lives. Not when we consider the cost of living has probably increased or doubled in the last two or three years. The cost of everything has gone up so much. I mean, say, to throw you an extra 12 euro if you're on a welfare payment, that's not going to cover anything. The 200 quid they were giving you last year, that's down to 150. Say, so the 50 euro they've made up to give it to you somewhere else. It's just, I explained this the other night. The budget is just about, it's like being on a yacht. Or, you know, an executive yacht that has a lot of deck chairs. And all they're doing is moving the deck chairs to a different part. You're still sitting down in the sunshine, but they're just moving the chairs around. In better news, the average worker will be about €15 a week better off, according to the government. This is following an increase in tax credits. It's not an awful lot of money, is it? Cuts to the USC and the entry point with a higher tax rate, increasing it to €42,000. Anyway, it is a big day. And as we said last week, many of us are more interested in this budget than any budget previously because we are already feeling it in these days, aren't we? And of course, we're getting close to an election because election budgets are always good budgets. Well, allegedly. Joining me on the line to talk me through some of today's announcements is Research and Policy Analyst at Social Justice Ireland, Suzanne Rogers. Suzanne, good evening to you. How are you? Good evening. Thank you very much. Tired. It's been a long day. Oh, it has, I'd say. I'd say you're sick looking at figures, Suzanne, to be honest with you. Or Susanna, I do apologise. Susanna, sorry. I'd say, I'd say you're sick looking at figures, are you? I suppose... That's it. There's a lot of percentages being thrown around, yeah. Yeah, OK. Let's, let's firstly just briefly talk about the average family. Mam, dad, two mm. kids, right? It used to be three kids years ago, we used to say in the radio, but then we just say two because the average family mm. is getting smaller. So, I mean, is there really much in them in this budget for them? Are they kind of taking with one hand and giving back with the other? Because I notice they've decreased the energy bu- uh, credit from 200 to 150. So there's 50 quid saved for the government. And they're kind of giving it back again to you then in the USE cut. Um, you know what I mean? So is there really much in it? It depends, I think, as you said, it really depends on the, the type of, you know, uh, white picket fence setup you have. You know, as you said, mammy, daddy and the, the two kids. If you have a variable rate mortgage or a tracker mortgage, they have put a, a sort of a, a mortgage package together because these are households that, you know, they were paying very, very, very little interest for a very long time. And the government are of the opinion that through really no fault of their own, we had, what, 10 consecutive interest rate rises in a row, they'll be able to claim something back. We didn't really see an increase in child benefit, but we're getting a double payment. We didn't see, um, you know, increases across a lot of those sort of things. There's a lot of one-off payments coming into it. And it's funny because suppose we're looking at the, the tax cuts and the Parliamentary Budgetary Office had a, a publication last week just looking at housing affordability. And the figures are really weird. Like 43% of us earn over 30,000 in 2021, which means you know, so it's been a long day. So what are we looking at? 57% of us earn less than 30,000. Wow, that's, that's, and, that's difficult to swallow, isn't it? Because a lot of us are on minimum wage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're kind of so those sort of houses are, you know, if you look at say the USC change, 
somebody on a minimum wage or close to minimum wage might see a difference of a couple of euro a year. So a lot of it really will depend on your own personal circumstances. But I think you're right, it is it is an election budget. Mm. There's no doubt Well, it's about made that. to look good. I say, with all these budgets, I mentioned it just before you come on, it's like, you know, having a big cruise ship and just moving the deck chairs around. Really, you know, it's the same amount of chairs, they're just in different positions. And that's normally what a clever economist will do or a clever financial controller will do within a budget. But let's look at some of the things that might help people out. Certainly some of the things that are going to kill them are the cigarettes. If you're a smoker, you're doomed, right? That's for sure. <laughs> you're now looking at whatever it is, sixteen, seventy a packet or something ridiculous. Yeah. So that's not. Yeah, I mean, good. as as the next two packets a day, girl, I would have oh, liked the Susanna, time to smoke two. <laughs> I'm smoking one, and I felt, I and I feel guilty. Oh, that's terrible too. Um, it, it was a full time job. I genuinely don't know how I had time for anything else, but that's it. And you know, mm. so I, I do. I, I sympathise as somebody who, you know, logically, you know, you cut back or you're going to quit. But I mean, mm. you know, that's much much harder said than done or much rather done than said I should say so yeah like some stuff like that is definitely going to it's really really going to impact yeah and um, the vulnerable people because a lot of people who might not yeah. have a lot of money they may smoke and they're not yeah. going to give up the cigarettes because of the price you know so what will happen is something else will suffer so that extra 150 or whatever it is per week or 75 cent per week or per day should I say per day for most people yeah. I mean that adds up to a tenner a week that's a tenner a week less food on the table maybe and, and that's the way you got to look at it from that point of view too now look at the other things yeah. personal BIYE and earned income tax credits will go up by a hundred uh, to 1875 it's not really huge right? it's not going to make a big difference to your life the standard rate band, that's the level at which, you know, earners begin to pay the higher rate of income tax has gone, for, gone up 2,000 to 42,000. It'll really only affect those on that margin, you know, so it's not really going to affect a huge amount of people. But if it does affect you, you might save if you've got a rise recently that's brought you over into the higher tax bracket. That's it. I mean, the, you know, our, our, our euro is worth less today than it was two, three years ago. So our purchasing power has really been impacted by inflation. And I suppose from from our point of view, we're so conscious that it's the low income households. I mean, if you look at inflation, you know, coming in maybe five, six percent over a period, sorry, sixteen percent. Yeah. But for low income households it's actually nearer the twenty percent. I was gonna say that because people feel it more because I even know from putting diesel in the car, putting oil in the heating tank, all of those things People are saying that, well, the government claim it's kind of 9% inflation rate. But I think in our pockets, we've probably felt it at about 20% to 25%, realistically. Yeah, because again, you're looking at the things where it was really most obvious, and that's food and fuel. So, And they're sort of non-negotiable. And I'm so conscious that there's a big difference between cutting back on things and then having to cut something out completely. Yeah. So as you said... If you're having to make a choice, and I don't even like using the word like choice or decision, because if you're on a limited or fixed income, it is only going to go so far. Like at the moment, according to the CSO, our poverty figure is at 308 euro a week. So if you're on less than that, you are deemed to be at risk of poverty. So the first thing that comes to your mind is core social welfare rate is obviously well under that. So okay. it's almost impossible to cover your basics on the core social welfare rate. Okay, the other things as well is the incapacitated child tax credit is going up to two, going up by 200. I can't remember what the original one was. I think it was around 1800, wasn't it, or something like that. So it's gone up by I 200. I think so. Yeah, yeah, 200 for the living alone uh, allowance, 400 for carer support grant, 400 for disability support grant, blind person invalidity pension and domiciliary carers allowance. So that that's a big gain now for people. There's a lot of people with on the domiciliary carers allowance, particularly for children with ADHD, etc. 
cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and of course, you'll still get your payment in June as well, the once-off payment you get. 400 for the working family payment, um, uh, 100 for qualified child bonus, and 300 for fuel allowance payment. So the fuel allowance is going to help a lot of people out, particularly uh, during this winter when the, the cost of energy seems to be rising or creeping back up again. That's it. Like, when they're talking about inflation, we're not really... It's, it's Oh, I do apologise. Hang on, we should we should get you back on the line there. I seem to have lost your line there. Sorry, Susanna, hang on. They'll, they'll call you straight back. Do apologise. Anyway, yeah, and some of the other things, by the way, that were in there as well, that I'll come back to Susanna in a second on, was, yes, the €300 Euro for the fuel allowance. That means your fuel allowance will go up to €300. Euro. They're also, by the way, if you have children, they're extending the free school books, will be introduced at junior cycle in secondary school, benefiting two thousand or 210,000 children. So in other words, you know, when children leave primary school, normally that's the end of the free books, but now they're going to extend that into second year in secondary school. Um, families with an income of less than 100,000, that's probably most of us, will see college fees for undergraduates half from 3,000 to 1,500. That would have been nice, by the way, when my kids went to college. You know what I mean? I paid, you know, three or whatever it was, three or 4,000 when they went to college. Anyway, all other families will see undergraduate full-time student fees cut by 1,000. Foster children will see their position on inheritances improved by being able to avail of the Group B capital acquisitions tax threshold based on their relationship to their foster parents. And a fee waiver in place on school transport services for further year and an extension of the fee waiver for students sitting state exams. Hot school meals program to be expanded to a further 900 primary schools in April 2024. I believe that when I see it, by the way. At the moment, you generally only get hot food in desh schools, in most of the desh schools. But I, I will see that. Well, I believe it when I see it, if they start delivering hot meals to all schools. Anyway, sorry, I have Susanna back there. Sorry, Susanna. I don't know what, why we lost there for a second. I, I, I could just say I, I just fell over that and we'll uh, <laughs> uh, that's it. As I said, it's been a long day. Okay. I think I was the fuel allowance. Yeah, we're talking about the fuel allowance. So th- th- these yeah, are the things yeah. that I suppose what we really should be caring about and of course social justice care most about is those who are on the margins, those who are more vulnerable in society and this will help them a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I mean, we're so conscious that after the last year or two, as I said, if you, if you speak to anybody in the Money Advice and Budgeting Service or the Vincent de Paul or Crosscare or any of those sort of frontline services, they have never experienced the sort of the levels of fuel poverty that they're seeing at the moment. So our big concern is that people are actually coming into this winter with arrears. So that's a real concern. Like a lot of mm-hmm. the times, if you know, if you're going kind to of dip in, in and out, and what they're saying is, well, they've got people who are terrified of the bill because you were able to kind of guesstimate. You kind of knew where you were. You were budgeting. You know, you'd put X amount off every week, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, people were getting these bills in that they kind of had had no relation at all to previous usage. So people are really, really concerned about their heat and their light now for this Christmas. So again, like those one, you know, those energy credits will go some way towards that. The fuel allowance will go some way towards that. I suppose we're disappointed that the actual payment itself didn't increase. So this is a one-off payment that people are getting. But the weekly payment didn't go up. Uh, The other thing as well, which might help families out a little bit, is going to be the free books for schools um, up to junior cycle. And that's going to help. Also, if you have graduates going to college, you know, the the fees reduction, which I paid at the time, which for my own son was three grand a year, that's going down to 1500 for the admin fee, which is a great, that's going to be a gift to a few parents out there who might have two or three kids going to college at the same time. So that, that's oh, going to be a huge good. difference. Yeah, I huge mean, difference. They're also planning to roll out an extra 900 primary schools with hot food. I, I don't know how they're going to manage that one. 
That sounds going to cost quite a substantial <laughs> amount of money. It is. And I suppose like we have we have a commitment to eradicating child poverty. So the Department of the Taoiseach has developed a child poverty and well-being office, you know, in his in his department. And the, that's where the difference is made is in those kind of in-school supports. So like this really will be key for that. But again, you know, to go back to those sort of those, those supports for children, again, the SVP had said that this summer the, they noticed a huge reduction in the amount of back to school cost called because of the free books for primary school. So definitely as somebody who has just put somebody through the junior cert cycle, those books were not cheap by no, any stretch no, of the imagination. They mm. really weren't. And what is also welcomed is the fact that child benefit is now available uh, at the age of 18 once they're still in secondary school. So that, that's going to make a big difference for mm. families maybe where they're under pressure to try and keep the kid um, in school until leaving cert. Okay, so so that means that even if your child started school late and is in school till they're nearly 19, they'll still get the child benefit until they exit school. Is that what that means? Yes, that's our understanding. All right, okay, okay. Well, I know in the UK it's extended now to, I think it's 21 in the UK, isn't it? Um, Once they're in full-time government uh, education. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, no, but that, that's really, like, that's really where we need to be putting the support in is young people and making that difference, trying to keep people in education for as long as we possibly can, um, you know, getting them set up. Like, the world of work is so different for these young people than it was. I mean, I had to have good handwriting because computers didn't exist when we left school. I mean, I don't know. I remember, I, I remember I well. <laughs> I'm 60, Susanna. <laughs> You know, when like I started that, that school, we used to have to buy a nib to dip in, dip in the ink. We didn't even have ballpoint <laughs> pens, for God's sake. Um, the other, know, like, go on, go ahead. No, because it was like the skills that they need and their ability to upskill and reskill because stuff is changing so quickly. Like, that's so important for them. Uh, the other thing as well, the obvious ones, of course, are the drink and the cigarettes. Now, the drink, the drinkers will be quite happy that they've been saved for this budget. And the government have avoided, by the way, which I thought they were going to do, putting a tax on the e-cigarettes. They didn't do it. They said they're going to save it for next year's budget, which is I thought was a bad move because I think we want to try and get young people off those vapes or try to discourage them in some way and put it out of their reach financially. Um, but the pack of cigarettes has gone up by 75 cent. Now, I think we that was kind of, they, they flew that kite about two weeks ago when the Irish Heart Foundation said they would like to put them up to 20 euro. So I think we kind of expected them to go up substantially. Yeah, I think you're right, though, like that e-cigarette space. I mean, as I said, I've just put somebody through the junior cert cycle. Uh, I've been over a teenage boy in secondary school and he most practically all of the kids in his class um, are vape. They, you know, it, and they don't really consider it to be bad for your health. Now, we don't really know. I, it's not something I'm an expert on, which probably the jury's probably still out as to how safe they are. Mm-hmm. But it is it's still an unknown quantity. But to having, you know, young children and they are quite young sometimes, you know, involved in this kind of any sort of, because it, it's addictive behaviour, I think, as well, is, is a key concern, you know. So well, leading on that, to other things is the problem, because yeah, this is the yeah, first generation yeah. of young people. This year was the first time we have seen an increase in young people smoking cigarettes in a whole generation, which is really sad news. So we've seen an yeah. increase in young people smoking cigarettes, and I firmly believe that's because of vaping that it's leading on to cigarettes. Um, well, and that's a, I think that's a sad thing. Um, okay, housing, landlords and renters. The rental tax credit will be increased from 500 to 750. So if you're a renter, which more, more and more people are renters nowadays because they can't afford to buy a house, that's a little bit of good news, I suppose. 
It is. Now, again, the discussion is that it's quite difficult to process your application. You, a lot of your information you need to get from your landlord. So maybe as opposed to sort of, you, ideally, you should just need to prove that you're a renter. But you've got to go and get your landlord's LPT, his revenue number, all of these things, or her revenue number. And a lot of people don't feel too comfortable going down that route, you know, if they've got a precarious or a, a not a great relationship with their landlord. So maybe only half of people who can claim do claim. And again, those on low incomes aren't getting really any benefit from it. So sometimes what the, the actual benefit they get is less than a tenner. So depending on the type of income that you have, your credit isn't a huge amount. And it also depends on the fact that your landlord is registered with PRTB as well and yeah. you're actually paying yeah. a property through the bank and not by cash in yeah. an envelope. Anyway, as well, the vacant property tax will be increased from three to five times the rate of the local property tax. Now, of course, this is for obvious reasons because they're in the middle of a housing crisis and they want to free up some of those vacant homes. It's a self-declared tax, though. So you've got to, you've got to make contact and say... I own this particular house and there's actually nobody in it. So Who's um, going to do that? Like? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suggesting for a minute that anybody in that position wouldn't be declaring that tax. But it is, it's a difficult one. Like the whole issue of vacancy is, is such a difficult one because, and I'm always struck, like I, I'm, I'm based in Dublin, you go past the, um, the homeless executive there on Cunningham Road, Park 8th Street there, mm. and the whole stretch of buildings beside it is derelict. And I'm thinking how galling it must be to have to go to that building to declare yourself homeless, to get homeless support, and practically the whole stretch beside it is yeah. is, is there. You know, it's, it's empty. It's, what it's constitutes a build, building as being vacant, by the way? If you own a building and you kind of visit it every now and again, does that, or do you, must you be resident in it? What constitutes being uh, vacant? There would be, I think there are criteria about, you know, how, how many days within a certain given period. So, um, okay. you know, there are, there's criteria in place. Holiday homes, again, might not count. But so it is, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I, they're not usually looking to collect a huge amount of tax on something like that. They're trying to do exactly what you said, which is to put those properties back into the system. And they've also announced, of course, the three energy credits uh, for 150 quid. Now, this is a bit of a departure from last year, the year before, where we had 200 quid. Uh, for the energy credit. So I'm I'm wondering if it's a giveaway budget, why the drop? Because energy hasn't got any cheaper. Well, they said there's going to be a little bit of a discount in November. Most of them are going to drop it. But I have a funny feeling because of what's happening in Israel and Palestine and around the world in general, I can see the price of oil and energy going back up again. That's it. And I mean, I appreciate that, you know, uh, even last week we didn't really understand where we would be this week in terms of world events and Actually, just on that point, I think we haven't seen a world in this much conflict, I think, since 1945 mm. in terms of conflict zones and wars across the world. So, it, as you said, there's, there's a huge amount of geopolitics going on that obviously affects you and me as we get up every day and eat our cornflakes and try and go about our business. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's it. Like The prices went up. They are coming back down, but I don't think they're going to come down to the same level. And for us, that really opens up a conversation about the type of energy we use, you know, trying to maybe support people to retrofit their homes, get their homes wrapped, but insulate their homes, all of that kind of thing, rather than subsidising fossil fuel use, you know, that we need to be maybe, they're kind of a dual conversation. There's a, there's a cost of energy conversation, which really needs to happen along the side of renewable energy as well, that we need to be moving away from this. 
But again, the day-to-day thing is this is a cold country. Our housing stock is old. A lot of it doesn't have great BER ratings. Yeah, there's drafts coming through every side door and every window. Yeah, and we need to... And no matter what you feel about climate change and the Green Party and everything else, it won't do any harm to, you know, insulate your attic. It won't do any harm to check those windows don't need to be refreshed. You have to stop the drafts from cooling and let the cold in and let the heat out. All of those things and cover up the fireplace, of course, if you're not using it. Make sure it's all blocked up because most of your heat escapes through the fireplace. A fireplace was always a very odd idea, by the way. <laughs> when you think about it, you set a fire in the middle of your house for two thirds <laughs> of the heat to actually go out to the ceiling. It's just a bizarre idea, bizarre notion. I don't, they don't build houses with fireplaces anymore. I was my son bought a house there recently, and I went out to visit him. And I'm in the front room, and I went, "Where's the fireplace?" And he says, "What?" I said, "Where's the fireplace?" And he says, "Dad, how old are you?" He said, "They don't put fireplaces in houses anymore." And I said, "Oh, right, okay." Good call. Anyway, the minimum wage, of course, this is something that will attract social justice. Ireland again, the minimum wage has gone up to 12.70. Not really enough, is it? Well, not when you compare it to the living wage. So no. the living wage is 14.80. And I mean, the living wage is exactly what it says on the tin. That's the amount per hour that you need to be earning in order to provide the basics. So if the national minimum wage is less than that, immediately what are these people having to go without? And I'm conscious, you know, when we have these conversations about social welfare and people saying, why don't people go out and get a job? And you're kind of going, well, hang on a second. There's actually 133,500 of us in full-time employment who are still living in poverty. So that's a real conversation about low pay. And as I said, those figures earlier on from the Parliamentary Budgetary Office that, you know, only, mm. as I said, only 20 percent Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're kind of going, like, that's, like that, you know, that isn't, that doesn't make any kind of housing affordable. It doesn't make any, any sort of rent affordable. So a lot of us are on those kind of low incomes. Um, so, you know, that's, that's really where, you know, where we're at now. So the push really does need to be to, to move towards a living wage. And the other thing, public transport, people will be happy to see that they're going to extend the discount. Mind you, I don't know whether they're extending the discount, just leave the discount and make it even cheaper. I mean, the Green Party seem to want everybody to get public transport, so why not make it cheap as possible, if not even free is what we should be heading for. 20% cut to public transport fares for adults will be extended for another year. And by the way, now children are up to the age of 25, I believe, uh, according to this in relation to public transport, the qualifying age for half price fares. So when children are getting older. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my niece, who's just about to go 24, is delighted with her little life because she was only just saying that, that she won't, uh, she won't be able to access it come January. So she'll be pleased she gets the extra year. And again, like for us, then this is that urban-rural divide that what is the point of reduced public transport if you can't actually access public mm-hmm. transport? So, you know, again, it's really welcome. All of these things are really, really welcome. It's the people sitting around the edges, maybe, who don't, can't access them, again, is, is, you know, is, is always part of the conversation or should be part of the conversation. As you said, putting diesel in the car or putting petrol in the car, for most people in rural Ireland, that is proving really, really difficult and they need the car. Absolutely. And speaking of the car, by the way, of course, the Green Party have got their say in in relation to VRT on electric vehicles. That will be extended for another two years to 2025. I don't know why they have it in the first place, because VRT was always considered to be an illegal tax anyway, and that they have to pay the EU for on a regular basis in a fine. Um, and the other thing as well is that the benefit in kind on electric cars will stay. Uh, they'll have a continued relief of 45,000 up to 2024. Um, the, uh, the other thing is, I suppose, the big thing for people is justice. And I don't know whether you involve yourself in that. I know you're social justice, but justice itself. 
And we're now seeing they want to obviously increase the pay for guard training. They want to encourage more guards. I think they're, where's the figures now? They want to increase. A thousand. Oh, a thousand new guards. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But where are they going to get them from? This is what. Yeah, I mean, the whole conversation isn't really being joined up. So, like, when I look, say, at, um, you know, as I said, I've just put, put a child through junior cycle, they didn't have the option to do certain subjects. And that isn't because there's a lack of teachers. It's because these people can't afford to live in a Dublin suburb. And it's not a fancy Dublin suburb by any stretch of the imagination. But it's that thing where you're seeing now the pinch where housing is actually the issue. And the price of housing is the issue. So when you think back, as you said, like of a generation where the job in the bank was a job for life, the guards, the nurse, the GP, um, you know, these were good jobs. These were the sort of jobs that we, we, you know, we aspired to. And for people now to not even consider those jobs because they can't afford to buy and they can't afford to rent. And as I said, what used to be considered to be the best jobs in the, in the country to have, you know, yeah. so... You know, they, they need to look at the housing issue, I think, for me, is kind of central to all of these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that, is, that, is, that, that is, you know, when businesses are starting to say, we can't recruit staff, we can't attract staff, we can't attract quality staff because they can't afford to live anywhere near their job. We're in trouble then. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to get a nurse for the Matter Hospital if we're Beaumont or... Tala Hospital or a guard for Store Street Station or Pier Street Station when there's nowhere for them to live. They're living in bedsits. Mm, yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. pointless. Yeah, you know? and, that, and that's the thing. So, like, even, you know, even, like, the, the health budget when, again, they're looking at, you know, all of these vacancies and funding all of these vacancies and saying, okay, we're going to fund extra SNAs and extra teaching assistants and all of those things. And then you go on to daft.ie and you kind of go, well, A, there's nowhere and B, what is there is two grand a month or as an adult I now have to share with four other adults I mean I'm cranky at the best of times I couldn't imagine <laughs> I couldn't imagine that so you know what I mean like it's it's I just think all of those things are connected so it's it's these again we welcome all of these things but unless maybe we get the housing thing sorted it's going to be very very difficult to put all the other places in you know all the other jigsaw pieces I don't think in place I mean, Susanna, just finally, I mean, the vulnerable have always been vulnerable, sadly, and they're always on the margins and on the verge of poverty, right? But now we're seeing more and more people from the middle class or that squeezed middle moving down the slope a little bit towards the vulnerable, if you understand the point I'm trying to make. We're getting closer because of the cost of living. There's nothing really in this to arrest that. There's a couple of hundred quid a year, maybe extra, you know, on their wage, depending on how much they're being paid, as you said already. So why are the government not tackling that? Those people who are working hard, you know, 40 hours a week, maybe the husband and wife both working, paying a mortgage, you know, they've got two kids. They're not really, there's a bit of a saving there for them, but it's not enough to counteract the increase in the cost of living for the last two or three years. So we're not really tackling a problem, are we? I suppose, the, again, I think the inflation thing is part of that whole geopolitical structure. And that's why we've seen, say, mortgage rates increases. So they're trying... They're trying to do, I suppose, two opposite things at the same time, which is to put money in people's pockets, but not put too much money back into the economy, which will then fuel inflation. So I think that is a difficult space to be in. I mean, I wouldn't be a politician for all the money in the world. So, I, you know, it is, it's, a, it's a strange... I would be spot. for their wages, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just hide. Very possibly. <laughs> I'd make <laughs> popular it, yeah. decisions. I'd make popular decisions and just hide for the rest of the day and just take the wage. That's what I'd do if I was a that, That's the best way to do it. So I, I, but I, I think that's the space that they're in. They're yes. trying not to fuel inflation, but at the same time, um, I mean, I've just logged off a Department of Social Protection um, session. And again, that's what they were saying, like that, you know, their minister is very keen on trying to, quote unquote, put money into people's pockets when they need it. But how do you do that then without fueling inflation? So, yeah, you know, I know it's, it's, I know I do understand the balancing act is very difficult, you know, and the economy is just a money go around anyway. But I do I do understand how difficult a balancing act can be to keep it right. But listen, thank you very much indeed, Susanna. By the way, if there was finally, sorry, if there was one thing in it that wasn't there that you would have liked to have seen in it, what would it have been? I think um, there was no mention of uh, the international protection system. You know, there was nothing explicit there. There was no uh, cost of disability of payment, as in really addressing the weekly increase in cost. So somebody living with a disability usually has between 8500 and 12500 a year in extra costs purely because of their disability. I would love to have seen uh, an actual cost of disability payment. Okay, all right, that's a fair point. Listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the earth as you always do. Thank you very much indeed, Susanna Rogers, who that's is great. the so- from Social Justice Ireland Research and Policy Analyst. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hit.